Ghosts by Henrik Ibsen, a new version written by Marco Rowe, a landmark productions and Abbey Theatre co-production. Audio description programme notes for the performance in the Abbey Theatre on Saturday the 13th of May 2023 at 2pm. Welcome to the audio description introduction of a new version of Henrik Ibsen's Ghosts, written and directed by Marco Rowe. The set designer for this production is Francis O'Connor. The costume designer is Joan O'Clery. The lighting designer is Sinead McKenna. And the sound designer is Aoife Kavanagh. The performance runs for approximately one hour and 40 minutes without interval. Patrons who leave the auditorium during the performance may not be readmitted. About the play. Didn't you say there isn't anything you wouldn't do for me? After several years abroad, Helena Alving's son has returned home. He carries with him a terrifying secret. Ibsen's Ghosts, one of the greatest plays ever written, is a devastating moral thriller in which ideas of love, duty and family are mercilessly put to the test. This spectacular new version, written and directed by one of Ireland's leading playwrights, Mark Rowe, grabs you by the throat from the outset and refuses to let go, all the way to its electrifying climax. About the set. The play is set in an uncluttered Victorian salon which we might call a living room nowadays. At the back of the salon is a glass conservatory which spans the width of the stage and is about two metres in depth. It has thin window mullions between the tall glass panes. Through the glass, slightly to our right, are the masts of tall ships. From a certain angle they could be mistaken for Christian crosses. Also through the glass we can hazard a guess at the time of day as the sunlight travels behind mostly cloudy sky. There are double doors in the centre of the conservatory that lead outside. Tufts of grass are evident when they are open. There is an unseen orphanage outside the conservatory to our left and a harbour to our right. In the conservatory, tucked into the right-hand corner, are an array of plant pots with lush green foliage planted in them. To our left of the conservatory a hand-woven rattan-white circular terrace table with two matching armchairs tucked in either side. Upon the table is a white embroidery hoop resting on a sewing box. A couple of hardback books perch on the shelf underneath the table. The set is open plan the salon, where it meets the conservatory, is defined by ornate black marble pillars either side of the room and charcoal grey wood flooring that reaches across the entire stage. The spacious salon has walls to our far right and left, decorated with wallpaper of printed leaves and flowers in royal blue. Black double doors with brass knobs are set in the walls either side of the room. To our right, through the doors, is an unseen dining area and servants' quarters. To our left, the unseen hallway that leads to the rest of the house. At the back of the salon, in the corner to our left, 
is a lit black cast ironwood stove. The flames are evident through the window at the front of it. Nestled beside the stove is a basket of chopped wood. To the front of the salon, to our left, placed by the wall, is a table with an ornate bronze inkstand with stamp and ink pen. A black writing block painted with gold, edging and gold, red and blue roses and poppies painted in the centre. A small green wide-leafed plant in a copper pot sits to the back of the table. Just behind this desk on the wall hangs a cobalt blue bell pull to ring for the servants. It is decorated with oak leaves and acorns that have been embroidered in golden thread. As we move further into the room to our left of centre is a rosewood tea table dressed with a plum-coloured velvet tablecloth that hides the legs. A white linen and lace tablecloth laid over it finishes the table decor. A couple of well-thumbed books sit upon it. Two dining chairs are tucked into the table. To our right of centre, a more comfortable sitting area, an armchair with a footrest tucked under it, a rosewood Victorian sofa. The armchair, footrest and sofa are upholstered in a vintage patterned ivory beige. Between the armchair and the sofa, a small rosewood octagonal writing table. Some papers and a couple of books rest upon it. Moving over to the right wall now, to the front of it, a single fern plant in a copper pot sits upon a small side table. At the back of the wall to our right, an oval mirror hangs on the wall, with two candlesticks set into it. Under the mirror tucked into the furthest corner of the wall, where it meets the pillar, there is a taller rosewood writing table, with a bench chair tucked under it, upholstered with a brocade fabric. On the table, a white lace doily, centrepiece, a fern plant and a couple of books. About the cast and costumes, Regina Engstrand, played by Simone Collins, is the young maid of the house, her dark hair held away from her youthful face in a tight bun. She wears a maid's uniform of light grey that rests at her ankles, revealing black button-up boots. Her grey dress has a white collar and cuffs. Over the dress she wears a crisp white apron. She walks stiffly upright with dignity and purpose. Jacob Engelstand, her father, played by Lorcan Cranich, is a middle-aged man. He wears a black sailor's cap over his dishevelled hair and sports a moustache and stubble on his chin. He wears a grubby white shirt with a tie, a waistcoat with a pocket watch and black jacket with dark worn trousers over which he wears a dark workman's heavy-duty wool coat and boots. He walks with a limp and has a leg brace on his left boot. Pastor Manders, played by Declan Conlon, arrives in a black overcoat, wearing a black wide-brimmed priest's hat, clutching a black leather document case. He wears a pastor uniform of blacks, trousers, double-breasted waistcoat, with pocket watch, a black pastor's bib and white collar, under which he wears a mostly unseen white shirt. On his feet he wears black Chelsea boots, 
He wears a gold signet ring. Manders is also a middle-aged man, his hair and trimmed beard almost completely grey. Helena Alving, played by Cathy Belton, the woman of the house, is of a similar generation to these men. Her honey blonde hair, pinned up tightly away from her face, highlights her pale, chiselled facial features. Her long skirt that hides her black lace-up boots and her jacket are made of a deep red and black brocade material. Her waistline pinched tiny by her unseen corset. The back of her skirt is padded, as was the fashion of the time. The jacket of her dress outfit has a black waistcoat set into it, and her shoulders are well defined by the angular design where it meets the tightness of her sleeves. Oswald Alving, Helena's son, played by Callum Lynch, is an artistic young man and dresses accordingly in a soft grey cardigan over a dark blue waistcoat and white shirt. He wears a black cravat, camel-coloured trousers and black Chelsea boots. Oswald's dark hair is styled in a foppish short back and sides. That concludes the audio description introduction for Ghosts. It was prepared by Mohart, who will also provide audio description for the performance. A touch tour will also be held, gathering front of house at 12 o'clock, before this described performance. Audio description at the Abbey Theatre is provided by Arts and Disability Island, with support from the Arts Council. For updates about audio described and captioned performances, text Access Arts to 51444 or head to www.adiarts.ie for more information. Thank you. Gahra Mahagath.